This is Eric from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast. Hi, this is Mike. This is Ross. And this is Eric. And this is Matt. And you're listening to episode, is it 52? It's 52, isn't it? 50, episode 52 of the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. Uh, as you might have guessed, we have Eric with us today. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? Good, Matt. You? Yeah, I'm a bit shit, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with a cold at the moment. So if I cough and splutter my way through this, I, I apologize to everybody. Uh, and how's everybody else? How's, how's Mike? What are you been up to? Um, just mainly, mainly uh, working, trying to dodge the water, as we're pretty much underwater up here at the moment. I hope you got scuba gear. I think I'll need it. It's it, there's certain places where I live at the moment that, like the park, I think, a foot underwater. And... You live in the park. He's some kind of hobo. He's no, in, no, there's just, certain just, places just... where you live, like in the park. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Sorry. I now imagine Mike in the park in, in a tent in scuba gear. <laughs> now I could just see that episode of Bottom where they're just living in the park, living out the trash, yeah. fishing for the one singular fish in the pond of toxic waste. Uh, Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Mike. We're painting a bit of a dim picture of Manchester here, but it's not really that bad. Well, well I, mean, I live in the countryside. I don't live in Manchester, really, do I? True. Okay, so well, that backfired. Don't talk about Manchester. Yeah. Anyway, um, how's uh, how's Russell? Are you still underwater? <laughs> Mate, yes, we're still underwater as well. But the only thing I would add is we're not sinking quite as quickly as David Moyes is. So um, bad luck oh, again to the Manginians. Nicely done that way. Of course, we got water, but Eric, you got snow, haven't you? Snow, lots and lots and lots. I was gonna go do some cross-country skiing, but I lost my skis in the snow. There's that much snow. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Matt, Matt loves snow, doesn't you, Matt? I fucking hate snow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for my explicit there, but there's no other way of explaining fully how little I like the white stuff. Anyway, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, we didn't have a podcast last week. It was mostly my fault. I was away. And in the days leading up to the, the release of the, the, the podcast, which is normally on a Saturday, uh, the three of us really couldn't get our asses together, could we? There were all kinds of reasons. We, people were working and doing other things, and just we just couldn't get together. So apologise, but that, that that just means that we're, we're back this week for, for more, more, more. Of course, what did happen is that in the week that we didn't release a podcast, uh, Lacuna Corps... Um, released a track listing and the graphics and lots of information about their forthcoming album. That's a bit rude. They did it when we yeah. couldn't tell anybody. It's outrageous. <laughs> but we can so, tell them now. We tell them now. So in case you hadn't heard, uh, and if you haven't, what is wrong with you people? Um, <laughs> the album Broken Crown Halo will be released on the 31st of March in uh, in Europe. Now she's probably know that because we did the quiz like, quiz last week about it. Uh, and the 1st of April in the US. And the track listing, which is 11 tracks, which is quite a, quite a good number, uh, starts off with Nothing Stands In Our Way, which I guess is the N-S-I-O-W. There we go. We worked that out, didn't we? <laughs> Floating around the new id bit. The new id bit. And then we've got Zombies, which I think is a fascinating title for a track, and not one I would have expected Ludicrous to ever put on a title of, on a track of an, a song on an album. Uh, Hostage to the Light. Victims, Diane Rice, uh, I Forgive, brackets, but I won't forget your name, Cybersleep, another kind of crazy out there title, in my opinion, Infection, I Burn in You, In the End I Feel Alive, and On Cold Day. Oh, that's quite an eclectic sort of mix of song titles, I would say. A little say, bit of everything there. Yeah, it does suggest that, doesn't it? I, I wonder yeah. I wonder how heavy or light or, you know, some of these ones kind of imply a certain heaviness. Um, yeah. Uh, others, just not so sure, really. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, I, I suspect I'm not the only one that is, is busting for this album to re-release so we can all listen to it. So, yeah. And what do we think about the album artwork, then? That's some pretty evocative stuff, isn't it? With that kind of crown come torture device come thing that's on the front of it. Really? Know. 
dare yeah. I say, futuristic medieval springs to mind. That's a juxtaposition. Well, I seem to use that word far too much on this podcast, but I'll use it again because <laughs> it's, it's in good context. That is your Thursday word, is it, Russ? It is word of the day, juxtaposition. <laughs> Look it up, kids. You can use it wisely in life. Anyway, back to the podcast. A bit of education there for Russell Taylor. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then we've got a different font. So they've gone all kind of medieval on us, which I think really kind of works on the front of the cover. It'd be interesting to see what the internals is like, um, you know, how it kind of reflects. We talked about in the, the last podcast, we talked about the Comalize artwork and be interested to see what this one's like, actually, it's all both internally as well as externally. So that's quite interesting. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think, guys? Do you like it? What do you think of it, Eric? I like it. I think it's great. Uh, the crown symbolism with the, I don't know what you want to call that underneath it, uh, just... It looks metal. It looks heavy. It just, that's what it looks like to me. I'm not saying that's what the album's going to have, but that's what it looks like to me. It's just got that aura to it. And I've always loved like uh, the old English type of fonts and everything like that. So that works well for me. The album cover looks dark. It just, it just has that aura to it to me. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Mike? Exactly. Um, it's like something out of a torture chamber, almost, the crown. I think it's it sets uh, imagery with that and with the medieval fonts that it could almost be, I don't know, like you said about the inside cover, whether that's like the theme that they'll go with throughout the whole like the whole booklet and, and the, the relevant artwork and very exciting times ahead, I think. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Russ? Yeah, totally agree. I think the thick thematic album with what has only been described as thematic songs. So as a package, it's, it's all coming together nicely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. How long is it? We've got like um, two months, it feels like, haven't it? That's outrageous. Mm. <laughs> That's teasing us now. That's just something wrong about that. But I do have a bit of good news for you. So on, on Monday of last week, uh, Christina and Andrea flew into London for some promotion um, with various magazines and radio stations. And I was lucky. I, I managed to catch up with them on the day. So I, I interviewed Andrea about the album, asked him some questions that have been burning us, uh, what the artwork's like, uh, if you can give us an idea of the theme on the album uh, and what where the, the title Broken Crown Halo came from. And uh, I, I'm very pleased with the, the results. I'm pleased with what he said. He had lots to, lots to say about the album, as you would expect from Andrea. Uh, lots to say about the songs. So over the course of the next couple of months, we'll be releasing the, that interview kind of just to, you know, to tease you even more and get you, get you drooling with the excitement in preparation for the release of the album. So I'm, I'm hoping that you'll enjoy what, what Andrea has to say. Uh, and as I say, look out for it on upcoming podcasts. Uh, I also took some um, some photos. So Andrea and Christina had uh, some photo sessions that they had to do on uh, for various magazines. I can't say too much, obviously, because those magazines still haven't released the uh, the, the photo sessions and, of course, no doubt the accompanying articles or interviews or whatever it is they're doing. But as soon as they are released, I will also be releasing some of the behind-the-scenes shots that I took. Uh, some, there's some quite funny ones there, which I'm sure people will enjoy. So look out for those. Obviously, they'll... I'll, I'll be mentioning it on the podcast and they'll also hit the, uh, the front page of Empty Spiral and our Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook feeds as well. So there's really no excuses for not knowing this stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so final bit of news for you is that, uh, as I say, on the Tuesday, they, they headed over to Team Rock Radio. And uh, Team Rock Radio is a UK rock radio channel. I suspect they're also available on the internet. In fact, I, you can listen to Team Rock Radio at teamrockradio.com. Now, on February the 10th, between 9 p.m. and 12 a.m., that's uh, Greenwich Mean Time, so please adjust for your sort of local time. Uh, Christina and uh, and Andrea, will, you'll, you'll hear them talking to the, the DJ, that's um, uh, Alexander Millos, and they'll also be playing uh, a song from the album. They'll be playing I Forgive. So I'll be posting this on the front page of ES, and of course all the other social networks uh, and also you'd be able to tweet them as well so if you're interested in hearing a song from broken crown halo then make sure that you're online listening at uh, teamrockradio.com on february the 10th uh, as i say I'll, I'll post all that juicy information out there pretty cool stuff i say can't wait to hear it myself it's going to be really really cool no doubt 
So there's a reason that we dragged you onto this podcast, Mr. Eaton. So we want to give you an interview today, see how you are, ask about Lacuna Core. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, well, we'll start off with a question we always ask, and that is, how did you get into Lacuna Coil, sir? I was, uh, I turned 50 years old, and my uh, my immediate family and friends gave me a beautiful, big 50th anniversary party, had a Kiss cover band playing. I didn't have to drive, so I had a few good drinks and a couple of pints and everything, and they dropped me off at home that night, and I was sitting down in my man cave by myself. And, <laughs> man cave, I love that. <laughs> and I was online, and um, I, I really wasn't too impressed with the music that was going on around in the uh, like 2000, 2001, 2002, and that. And this was 2005. So I decided to do a search on Google for just something new. And a link came up from YouTube for Heaven's Alive. That's the Patrick Uleus version. Mm -hmm. And uh, I clicked it and I watched it. And it was like, I made it full screen. I watched it and I watched it again. And then I plugged it into my stereo, my thousand watt stereo system. I watched it again. <laughs> I must have watched it 10 times in a row. And I just fell in love with it. Had no idea who Lacuna Coil was. Didn't know any band members or anything at all. So I thought, okay, well, you've got to investigate. And I went, I closed all that down. I went to Google and I investigated. And of course, uh, one of the first places I went to was EmptySpiral.net. And I didn't become a member right away, but I kind of checked everything out. And then, of course, I went from there. I just, I I did searches and I found um, recordings from... uh, Unleashed Memories and Inner Reverie, and and I just fell in love with them. It was my first taste of a female-fronted metal band from Europe, my very first taste. Oh, really? And I mean, my appetite now for, well, everything, not just Lacuna Qual, but has just exploded. It just, uh, you know. But that was my very first time, my very first taste of of, of hearing Lacuna Qual and uh, seeing what they were like. One of the things about the video that really caught me was the head banging, but not just with their head, from their waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. I mean, that was just, I mean, I've head banged before, right? Mm -hmm. But not like that. And I mean, I just, it, and it just went perfectly. And of course, there's Christina too. Her voice, the way she was uh, presented, Patrick did a wonderful job presenting her in a totally different way than the first one was presented. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it, I just fell in love with him from that. And that's my very first time. Very first time. Wow. That's a cool story. So when did when did you first time you got to, to see the band? After I found out about them, they were announcing that they were coming out with a new uh, album. And I had found out that I actually had just missed them coming to the Detroit area. I live around a. Detroit, Michigan, in USA. I'm in Canada, but I'm right across the border from them. I'm actually south of them. I'm not going to get into that now. But anyway, um, uh, I found out I had just missed a performance that they did in Detroit from their Comalized tour. But they were coming out with a new album, which was Karma Code, right? And uh, I didn't know. I checked. I didn't see any of, and then I started finding about other bands that never came here before, and I thought, well, they're never going to come back. All of a sudden, they announced a tour with Rob Zombie, uh, to early 2006. Well, I was, I was, I was just in heaven. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so I, my first time was in Toronto. They had announced they were going to do a signing session at HMV Records in Toronto. So I got my PT Cruiser and poof, I headed out to Toronto. I actually stayed the night before. So I, you know, in case anything happened, I wanted to be there. You guaranteed you got there in time. Right. <laughs> got in line. Uh, there was maybe when I first got to HMV, of course, it was open to the public, but they had a lineup for people going for the signing session. There must have been 30 people in line. That was an hour beforehand. By the time they actually started the signing session, there must have been 150, 200 people in line. And I thought, wow, this is great. Wow, you know. that's a lot of people. 
and they escorted us in and we went upstairs and they had them they were they had tables set up they weren't in yet and i was maybe 25 30 people away from the tables and that, i'm all nervous you know, I'm, i don't know what to say i don't know what to do but i did bring a, an artificial sunflower right okay. a good size one an artificial <laughs> sunflower to give to them and what i also did was i had um uh, Christina, uh, I don't know if she still does it now, but I believe she was in Revolver at the time, and she had put in a recipe for a pasta. Mm -hmm. um, I think my wife made that pasta, actually. What's that? <laughs> I think my wife made that pasta. Uh, yeah, so I had uh, that issue wasn't available over here because they do a North American issue over here. But I had printed it up with a gothic type of font on a regular piece of sheet paper. Mm -hmm. And I got in line. So I had their new album and they're signing it. And I, you know, thank you and hi and thank you. I didn't even know if they understood English, really. <laughs> I really didn't, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to Christine. Christina was the, uh, Kriya was the very last person. And I put the sunflower down in front of her. And she smiled, looked up at me. And she said something in Italian to Mackie. I had no idea what she said. Mackie looked at me and he winked and he went back to who he was signing for. And then... She signed my CD, and then I showed her the recipe that was on the paper, and I said, Christina, is this your recipe? She looked it over. She said, yeah. I said, well, will you autograph it, and then I'm going to come and see you in Detroit three days from now. In between then, I'm going to make it, and I'll let you know how good it is. Well, okay, sure. So she signed it, and I walked away, and I was in awe. I was the very first time to actually getting to formally meet them. The show that night was excellent. Um, it was at a place called Cool House in Toronto. I think they were the first or second band up. I think they were the first band up, so they played maybe half an hour. Okay. I was just blown away. It was just so incredible to see them perform. Uh, they opened up with, uh, I believe it was A on Tightrope together, which is the way I like it. Yep. And uh, it was just, I mean, the headbanging was there right from the waist. I was doing it too, and it was, just, <laughs> it was incredible. And then it was cool that night because when they were done, I was in the pit and I kind of walked out to the side and I was kind of looking into the entranceway, hoping that the band would come out or something. Didn't know if they ever did anything like that or not. All of a sudden, a guy walks by me really fast with a hoodie on, not a band hoodie, just a regular gray hoodie. And he throws his hood up, but I could have sworn it was Mackie. Mm -hmm. So I followed, and this guy went all the way to the very back wall by himself, leaned up against the wall and was watching the band. So I went over to him and I said, excuse me, sir. And he looked at me, and it was Mackie. And I said, hey, I, and I couldn't even really remember his name. I said, look, you guys were absolutely incredible up on stage. I said, that was awesome. I said, I'll see you later. He said, thanks, man. And, and I walked away. So it was like three days later. I was in Detroit, and they were with Rob Zombie, and they were um, – playing at a place called the Fillmore. It's a really great place, great sound there, good lighting. And um, what they did was after their show, which again, it was about a half hour, 35 minutes, uh, the band did a signing session. Now you had to buy a CD in order to get in line for the signing session. And I already had a CD, but I went and bought another one anyway, right? I don't care. Just doesn't hurt to spread the word, right? I can give it to somebody. Yep. Bought a CD, got in line, and they had set them up at just like... Um, bar tables you know stand-up bar tables gave him a stool so when i got to christina i looked at her and i said look i, I did make the recipe and I, and it was great it's a little complicated with the three different things you got to mix together but i said to her look i said it was awesome it was really great i don't know if she recognized me or not but she said geez thanks a lot and i just kept walking but that was that was just an awesome experience those two days to see them my very first time Excellent. That's and to meet them too. I mean, formally meet them, not like you know any other time. Yeah. Really, yeah. No, that's that's that is really really cool. That is a really cool story. And you like the pasta? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It it took me like two hours to mix all three ingredients and then whipped it together. And but it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I even, I even had to go and buy. I'm not much of a wine drinker. I had to go and buy wine for it because it called for wine, right? Of, of course. Of course. So, well, I was making it. I figured I'd enjoy the rest of the wine too. So <laughs> didn't bother me in the least. So I guess even if the pasta wasn't that good in the end, at least you'd had a bottle of wine to kind of drown your sorrows and uh, and you know just sort of cheer you out. Nevertheless, huh? yeah. <laughs> 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 I, get, I get a sense that you've met them a few times since. Yes, I've, I've, I've actually have. There was, um, 
it was the tour right after that. They were actually playing Ozfest, uh, 2006, mm-hmm. and they had a free date between. Um, it would be between Detroit and Chicago. So Lacuna Coil and a band called Atrium, who who was also on the uh, the tour, they decided to do a one-off in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, that's uh, three and a half hours away. Um, my niece and her girlfriend wanted to see Atrium, so I invited them along, and we tooted out in the cruiser and we went, stood in line. It was ninety-five degrees outside. Wow. That's what, 34 Celsius? Yeah, we don't get weather like that in the UK. We'd all melt if we did that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I seen him outside the bus and I yelled, Coiler! And I threw up horns and they just kind of waved. This was like 500 feet away. It didn't matter. I just made, made a point, right? Mm-hmm. So um, get inside. They're the first band up. Atrium was headlining. I'm in the pit. It's even worse in the pit, soaking sweat with sweat. I had a cheapo three megapixel camera that took double A batteries, and I'm in there with all these young people around me, two people away from the rail trying to take pictures and just getting into the show, <laughs> sweating my ass off. <laughs> so when it was done, when it was done, I uh, they had an area at the back of the bar. Now it was an all ages show. But they had an area that was raised up at the back of the bar where you had to be 21 or over to go up because you could drink there. So I was, the show, Coil was done. I wanted no part of Atrium. And I thought, well, I've got to go dry off and get a beer. So I went up to the upper landing and I ordered a beer at the bar and I'm standing there. And my niece is down there getting ready for Atrium. They're going to crowd surf and everything. And about 15 minutes later, I turn around, and on the other side of the bar, I see Mac. He's standing there all by himself. So I go over, and I said, hi. I says, uh, hi, Marco. I says, uh, I'm, my name's Eric. I says, and I just saw you down there. You guys were absolutely fantastic. It's a really, really great show. He says, thanks, man. And all of a sudden, a few other people started coming to talk with him. So I backed away and gave them the space, and I went back to the rail. And I look over, and I see Pisa. Hmm? He's over to one side. So I go over to him and I said, hi, I says, uh, my name's Eric. It's really great to see you. You guys were fantastic. And while I'm chatting with him, I'm not paying much attention to anything, but I did notice there was a petite woman standing a bit to my right. I figured it was a fan getting ready to talk to him. So as I go to back away and I turn, well, it's Christina. Well, guys, I'm telling you, like, I get like totally tongue tied and everything. I'm just that type of person. And I looked and I looked and I looked at her and I went, hi. I said, you guys are fabulous. Well, first thing I thought of was a picture. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed my camera and I said, could I get a picture of you with me, Christine? And she says, oh, sure. So I turned the camera on uh, and I aimed it like I'm trying to do a selfie, right? Uh-huh. And I hold it up and I push the button. Nothing. It does nothing. Oh, no. I look at the camera. The batteries are dead, and I <laughs> no, and I have no spares. So I said, "Hang on one sec." So I run to the bar and I said, "Have you got any AA batteries back there?" Well, of course they are. They got beer, but no batteries, right? <laughs> yeah. So I went back and said, "Geez," I says, "I'm so sorry." I says, "But the batteries died in my camera, so I can't get a picture." And she giggled. Well, holy mackerel. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, I can't believe this. And she's giggling. She said, don't worry about it. There'll be another time. I said, oh, I hope so. And and I walked away. And then it was, that was their one-off. And then they ended up doing, um, they did an In Flames tour. And I saw them at Harper's in Detroit. But after that, they did a Jagermeister tour. This is when they went around with Stone Sour. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, Stone Sour has her equal half, you know, playing with them. Indeed, yeah. uh, I didn't realize that at the time, but, I mean, uh, it, it kind of made sense with what happened. So I did not have floor for this show uh, in Detroit. I had balcony. I even tried to flip the usher at 10 spot, hoping he'd let me down there, but it didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> at least he didn't kick me out. Well, you know what okay. I mean? I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went, up, went up to the balcony, and uh, I had a good time anyways. I'm headbanging like crazy up there. And uh, 
after their show, um, they have a little bar that's actually connected to the State Theater or the Fillmore, and it's called the State Theater Bar. And you can access it from the theater. So I wasn't worried about seeing Stone, seeing Stone Sour, so I went into the bar and I order a beer. And not 10 minutes later, Mackie walks in, Mouse walks in, and we're chatting away and everything. It was great to see them. And and I had, in the meantime, I had bought a good camera. I was going to say, you got a camera with you. I got a good camera, one with uh, one of those uh, nickel cad batteries or whatever they are. And I mean, it was a really, really good camera. So, but I never, I never thought about taking it out with them. We're just chatting away. I had a shirt that my sister had made for me. It says I'm a Canadian coiler on the back. And I was showing that to them and I, I got them each a beer. And that was kind of cool. It was kind of neat just having a beer with them. And then I thought, Oh, I wonder if Christina's going to come in. Well, I waited maybe 15, 20 minutes and she didn't come in. I thought, I wonder if I could get to the bus. So I left, I left the bar out the street door and I looked around and I knew what bus they were in because I had seen them going in and out when I was in line in the queue mm-hmm. waiting to get in. There was nobody around. One security guard over was by the wall having a cigarette. He said nothing. But I walked over to the bus and there's nobody around and I knock on the door. The door opens and there's an, an elderly gentleman standing there and it kind of caught me off guard. And I, I don't know who it was. I have no idea to this day who it was. And I looked up at him and I said, excuse me, sir. I said, could you see if Christina, and as soon as I said Christina, I feel a tap on my left shoulder. I turn around and look and there's Christina standing there. And again, and I figured she came from Stone Sour's bus or something. You know, maybe they had a shower on it or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But But she was like, she was refreshed you could tell she was like done from the show and that but she was totally refreshed and everything and i looked at her and i said could i get a picture with you now and she says oh sure so i looked at the gentleman and i said could you take a picture please so i gave him the camera he said sure so her and i stand together he takes one picture it is still my favorite picture to this day and i looked at her and i said thanks a lot christina and she looked at me she said i told you we'd be have another chance to get a picture well, that blew me away, too. <laughs> you know, it's holy mackerel. I can't believe that. Because this was like, what, six, eight months later. But she actually remembered that incident. You know, but anyways, that was really sweet. That was. I really enjoyed that. And and I've seen them. They played Flint, Michigan. It's a great venue. Not too big. Maybe 350. They pack it every time they play. They always have a good time. And they like, they, they kind of hang there. They they. They come into the bar area and they'll have a beer and they'll chat and uh, out to the smoking area. I don't know if they smoke now, but Mackie, he would be out there having a cigarette. And some of the fans couldn't believe that they were just hanging. You know, it was just great. And then after the shows, they'll hang by the bus for a bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I've actually seen them quite a few times. Yeah, just uh, other than uh, other than the concerts, I've I've chatted with them quite often, too. It's been great. I think one of the things, one of the recurring themes we get when we talk to people on the podcast is just just how normal they are, how really nice and friendly and just down to earth and just approachable they are. And, and I think what you just said Indeed. there just reaffirms yes. that, really. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're just, just hanging out. And um, I've joked about it in the past, but you can pretty much guarantee that if there's anybody that'll be standing by the bar after their set's done, it'll be Mackie. He'll be there with a beer. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and normally when he's in the UK, he's probably in a pub nearby um, with us. <laughs> um, before the show. I love it. <laughs> I think, where was it, guys? Was it? Portsmouth, where we had quite a few, and we were pretty much yeah. Pretty that was um, it was Portsmouth with Mouse as well, I think, and they missed the sound check. And yeah, yeah. And Gus that. wasn't too happy. Yeah, we got into trouble for keeping him in the pub, and yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be the last time, but yeah, there's quite a few stories like that. So yeah, I can absolutely appreciate that he would just sort of roll up at the bar and and want to have a beer. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So you've seen them a few times now. Uh, got into them just just as, as Karma Code was coming out. Do you have yeah. a favorite album or a song? Uh, oh, song. It's got to be Virtual Environment, oh, which, which 
which actually was, if I'm not mistaken, it was on the Japanese edition. If I, it, it wasn't on the regular edition. No, it wasn't at all. No, it was on the ja Japanese release. And I'm, I mean, that to me, that song is, ah, uh, I've got a lot of favorites, but that one is just every time I listen to it, it's just, uh, I get a little the goosebumps and everything like that. The, the singing, the, uh, the downbeat in it and everything. It's just, I love it. Album. I would have to say, I love Unleashed Memories, but I would have to say maybe Karma Code. Yeah. I like Fragments of Faith. Yep. Great headbanging song there, you know. Fragments of Faith is one of those. I've, I've got to say this a few times throughout our reviews of the album, but I genuinely believe that Karma Code is one of those albums that was written to be a live album. And I'd love to hear them play that whole album start to yeah. finish. Because yeah. I think it's a it's a corker of an album. Quite well, they did the whole thing. At, they did the whole thing at the MFVF last, the Metal Female Voices Festival. They did indeed. You were there. I, it, it, I was there. It was, in, and they started with another one of my favorites. You create what I see together. There's another great headbanger. Yep. I mean, and they started with that, and it just and the crowd really opened up with that one. That was just awesome. It was great. Brilliant. It was great to see the whole album being played. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm somewhat jealous. I think at the time we were talking about whether or not we could find a way to get over there to. Oh, I was hoping you guys would. I, I, I would. I'm really anxious to meet you guys, all three of you. Uh, it's it's gonna me. happen, mate. It's gonna happen. <laughs> no, played twice in a row, and both times I'm kind of hoping, you know, get the guys from there's. Oh, there's already a bunch that that tootle over there from England, you know, uh, Keith. Yep. and uh anthony may they all pop over you know and uh i was just hoping but yeah, one of these days i hope so I, I, we'll get over there i promise uh, there you go it's my personal promise to you yeah. or i'll get over there we, we'll, i like we'll over definitely there have to do something i don't know it's quite moist over here at the moment it's <laughs> a road trip it's a road trip it's a road trip i can see it happening you gotta come over i'd have to my father's from england he's a scouse eh? he's from liverpool and uh, I've never set foot on his home soil yet, so I'd like to be able to do that. What better way to do it than to hang with you guys and go on a little toot with Lacuna Coil? I mean, yeah. It's got to be done, mate. You come over, we'll drive you around. We'll take you to the shows. Not a problem at all, matey. Good. That's a guarantee. But it, it, we'll do that, and I'll definitely get over to to um, the – I can't even say it now. What is it? The Female Voices – Metal? No, Female – No, I don't ever get it. Metal, Metal Female, female Voices, Voices Festival. Fest. Come on. MFEF. Yeah. <laughs> I got over there once. That's when I met, met Keith on the um, Eurostar, but you probably heard Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Keith was, mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a that was a good show. That was a good weekend, actually. That was excellent. So I'm hoping we can repeat that definitely. So we'll get over there. I promise you. There you go. It's my personal Matt Seal that we'll get over and uh, we'll catch up with you and we'll share a beer and a few more stories, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've got one more question for you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, it's a question I ask everybody that comes onto the podcast, and it's simply this. Uh, what does being a Lacuna Core fan mean to you? Uh, hmm. Um, what does it mean to me? It means to me to be able to be enriched by some of the best music that probably anybody in this world could listen to. Um, and I and, and and that's that's as true as I as I sit here. Um, I listen to them every week. At, you know, maybe one song. It might be a whole album. It might be a a, a mash of all different kinds, uh, different songs from their different albums. But uh, it just means to me um, uh, that uh, I, I've been able to open up to all kinds of other really great music because of them that's what it means to me you know it's just it's just part of me now it always will be part that's why i got my tattoo on my hand it's because it'll always be part of you know it'll never go away that's that's basically about it that's brilliant i got really one more really story if you want to hear it let's hear it come on in. Tell us okay one more okay <laughs> uh lakuna claw was over here and they were playing at the music music as a weapons tour that was a bunch of that was disturbed and they were playing big venues they were going to be in Detroit at Cobo Arena, holds 13,000 people there. And I'm thinking, holy mackerel, this is going to be the biggest show I've ever seen them play in. I mean, and true, too. I think they were the second band to play. I got there early. I'm in line. 
And I'm in there early enough. Once they open doors and I'm in, I got right to the rail. And I always like to hang on the side where Mackie and Mouse. I don't know why, but that's the side I like to hang on, eh? So I'm leaning on the rail, and uh, the first band comes on. They play, and we're getting ready. They're setting everything up for Lacuna Coil. And the lights go down, and I look behind me. There's It didn't sell out, but there's easy, easily 10,000 people there. The first time I've ever seen them play in front of a crowd that huge. It was It was just immense. And it was great to see. So I'm on the rail. The band comes out. The place is roaring. I mean, it's just literally roaring. And uh, the the two guys, uh, Mackie and Mouse, they're getting ready to play in front of me. They look down. Ma- Mouse looks down, sees me, smiles, and points at me. So he looks over at Mackie. Mackie looks down at me, and he gives me that patented wink and a nod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they start playing. They start playing. They get through one song, and then they're into the second one, and Mackie looks at Mouse, points to me, and winks, and he throws a pick at me. Well, like, I need glasses to see, basically, if I want to do something like catch a ball or anything. So, I mean, there's no chance of me grabbing that pick. It flies over my head. So, Mackie does the same, or, yeah, Mackie does the same thing. He throws a pick at me. It flies over my I'm reaching for this. They start smiling. And they're throwing picks at me. I get two pinging off my the baldness on my head. I can't catch them. They're dropping in front of the rail. And... The people around me are going crazy because they're getting all these picks and I'm not getting a pick, right? And then it was really cute because during one of the songs, I'm throwing horns and I go to scream and a pick flies right in my mouth. (laughs) Right in my mouth. Now, I don't know if the guy saw it or not, but (laughs) Mackie looked at me with the biggest smile on his face. And I I did swallow it. I pulled it out, raised it up and went, yeah! You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, that sounds like you and him. I imagine you, I imagine you got 10 points for that. That's, that's going to be good. thrown 10 picks, 10, <laughs> if not more. Two of them pinging off my head. And, 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 and when, of course, there was security between the rail and the stage. When one would fall down there, I would reach down, say to the dude, hey, dude, could you get that pick for me? He'd grab it up. He'd look around. He'd give it to the nearest chick, you know, mm-hmm. here. You can have it. He just totally ignored me, and I'm never going to get a pick out of this, right? Well, I got one the hard way. That's for sure. At least he didn't take it, like an eye out or something. Those things can be dangerous. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. Uh, that's brilliant. Anyway. Yeah, I've, never, I've never caught one in my mouth before, so well done you, mate. <laughs> that's a brilliant story, as they all are. I, I've had a real blast talking to you today. So thank I you. Wanna, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been a real hoot. Uh, uh, I'm hoping that you can come and join us again one, uh, I one time do. in the future. Uh, just love you guys and thank you guys very much for what you do and uh, and uh, Coilers all the way. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Are you going to stay with us and join us for our? I'll hang a little bit. Yeah, yeah, cool. cool. Hang for a little bit. I'm going to go get some tea and then I'm going to hang. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to have a we'll have a virtual high five and then we'll go for a virtual beer as well and we'll have a. As we talk about fragile, so there we go. Thank you cool. very much, Eric. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Cheers. Mike. Thanks, Russ. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, well, that brings us on to our review this week. Uh, we've now moved on to Karma Code, and we're starting off with Fragile. Mike, I believe you're first. Yes, I believe I am. Well, um, what can I say? It's it's a great opener for the album, um, not only musically, also lyrically. I, w- I'll, I will start with the music side. I think that you'll both agree that it's it's very powerful in the way that it kicks in as as an opening track i think that the bass you can hear is well it's as subtle as it is powerful 
chugging along through the song. I think the guitar work in there is uh, very good. And also the drums uh, complement the song very well. Lyrically, um, this this is one of those songs, do you know, like you, um, you mishear lyrics in songs. This has always been one of those songs that until I've read it recently, the full the full lyrics of it, it it, uh, it surprises me what I thought certain things were originally, which, which they aren't, um, now that I've read them. And it is very confusing when you, when you read it. Uh, I, I don't know whether you'll both agree that... Um, I, I want to know what you misheard now. Was it something funny? I, I don't... Uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 like the opening line, what, what damn you're right... I always thought, and this sounds ridiculous, it said, like, walk down your line, which makes no sense at all, obviously. That wouldn't be the most obscure Lacunicole lyric we've ever heard. No, no. And this is a real eye-opener for me now that I've read the lyrics, and it's kind of almost a new, refreshing song to me. Ish. So... (laughs) But but lyrically, I think that it it, it works. Um, but it, I'm struggling to find what what it means, like we have done with many other songs before. Whether it's like an unhappy relationship, or is it almost like somebody stalking somebody else with the uh, with the line about um, dare is about obsession and um, other things throughout throughout the song. I also think that. Um, like almost the dual vocals where one line's been sung by Andrea and like Christina in the background layered in. I think that really works. And as a song on the whole, it, it, I really like it and it's a great opening track. What about you, Russ? I think Mr. Dyer's covered the main bases there. Um, I agree. I think it's a perfect opening track. It's probably my favourite opener if I had to pick one from an album that sort of sets a mood leading into the rest of the the record um, it's very upbeat it's very up tempo it packs that punch which you've mentioned in previous podcasts opening opening songs on albums we want something to sort of hit us hard out the gates it does that uh, i agree with mike i mean uh, the first few times i've heard it or first few years i heard it i used to misinterpret the lyrics i used to believe the the opening line was god damn you're right rather than what damn you're right and again touching on what mike mentioned with the lyrics um for me and it could, could just be me i view this as a sort of a different approach in terms of the writing in terms of how christina and andrea have approached the lyrics because i think on previous albums they've almost sort of told a story whether it be a relationship or an event or just describing um, some form of descriptive narrative whereas this I almost view it as without sounding pretentious it's, the writing's almost like a stream of consciousness it's like the words have just been put down on the page to the song i'm not mm-hmm. saying there's not specific meaning but it's just it comes across very differently in terms of how the lyrics to this record are written and more precisely with this song in itself I think you're absolutely right. And I think this is something that we're now seeing a change in Lacuna Coil's lyrical style. Um, This is the first song where we saw it or where we hear it. And I think this comes from the fact that there was quite a big gap between Comalize and and Karma Code. There was lots of touring. There was lots of them taking lyrics that they constructed for album songs and placing them and playing them on stage, I should say, and understanding the difference in the lyrics required to get a, a you know a big song out on stage uh, and i i also know that they were heavily influenced through the lyrical styles of the us producers and writers and the us bands themselves and i think the karma code is that that album which takes what they've learned and 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 switches it and and you know moves them to that different place lyrically and, and that's absolutely reflected in in fragile there is still a story there um my view on it has always been this has been a been about a abusive relationship um i i, I like mike's point about there being an about possibly an obsession or even a stalker you know you could interpret it in lots of different ways but certainly the the way the lyrics have been sort of constructed does feel very very different from what we've heard before and i think that's one of the differences that maybe people um 
rebelled against when Carmico first came out. There was quite a lot of, whoa, this is totally different. Oh, this is a very American sound. Well, this is very not what Comalize or Unleashed Memories or Inner Reverie were about. And yeah, as you continue to, if you list, actually listen, get over yourself and listen to Carmico, you find that there is lots of um, parallels between this and especially Comalize. Fragile for me is such an bombastic big opening, isn't it? I love the opening and I love the Eastern vibe about, about the way it starts. It's a different type of heavy from Comalice. Uh, I think it, the chorus is, is great. Um, it's, it's just one of those songs that like many on Karma Code and I mentioned it earlier about Fragments of Faith. This really is, it comes into its own when it's live. Who, who hasn't bounced up and down to Fragile? You know, that, that, that final bit after the reprise uh, where we're all supposed to jump up and down, boom, 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 and, and get into the song. I love that. I think it's a it's, it's a great, great song. Uh, favorite lines for me, I think, are uh, the lines: um, "Wounds are healing in my hands, turning blind. No one will ever scratch my own state of mind. I just nothing really matters." That that's just so evocative. That great, great song. What do you think of it, Eric? Fragile. I didn't catch everything that you guys were saying because I was making tea, but I, you guys were talking about how good of an opening is for the album. Uh, it's not only that, it's a great opener for their concerts. In North America, pretty well everybody knows Comalize basically broke them open over here in North America, and then Karma Code almost sealed their the, the, the knowledge of them over here. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it was Century Media's top seller or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Being in the crowds, I mean, when I first I first saw them, they were starting with A on Tightrope. I think they only did one or two shows with that, and then they started with Fragile, and it was the perfect song to use for a North American crowd that had to get into Lacuna Coil. They may have heard of them, but now they get to get into them because it has. Now I'm not a lyrical person. I read the lyrics to the songs. I'm into the musical aspects of it more than the lyrics. Though I do love the lyrics, but everybody can interpret them the way they wish. But musically, this song right off the bat starts with headbanging. Da, da, do, 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 you know, that type of thing. Yep. The choruses blend everything together. And when you're in North America and watching them open with this and watching the people around, everybody's into it right off the bat because it's got that beat, but it's got that flow. And uh, if they could, I couldn't, could not have seen them pick a better song to open a show with than Fragile, in all honesty. Uh, especially over here, especially when they were just introducing Karma Code to the crowds. Uh, lyric, lyrically, well, I'd like, again, I'm not really, uh, I, I don't really try to interpret the lyrics personally because everybody does it in a different way. Yeah. You know, but it, it does sound like it's talking about either a bad relationship or an unnecessary one or or just um i'm not really sure in all honesty you know but uh, like you said no one will ever scratch my own state of mind nothing really matters and that, you know basically that's true but again it's different for everybody absolutely you know but that for me that was one of to me that was one of their keys for opening up the um essence of what lacuna coil is in north america was that song and opening it at their shows was an incredible thing. And as far as I know, uh, they still will. I don't know if they're going to be doing it on their upcoming tour with the hottest chicks in hard rock. But um, the last time I saw them, if I'm not mistaken, they opened up with fragile and it works. It always works every time. So Yeah. I think it's one of those things that there's going to be, it's certainly a song that's going to be on the set list for some time. I feel, Oh, for uh, sure. I, I can't remember the last time. I saw them play a set that didn't include Fragile. It does seem to be uh, one of those great songs that gets the crowd pumped up. I remember the first time I took my wife to see Lacuna Coil in London. Uh, it was at the Astoria. I think it was at the Astoria. Yeah, yeah, it was at the Astoria. And she's looking down on the crowd because uh, she doesn't do crowds very well. So she's on the balcony looking down and they play Fragile. And she just saw the whole uh, the whole ground just jump, rise up and down as everybody bounced up and down. She said it... it it was just a, such an amazing sight for her. And I, I guess that's, to me, that's fragile, you know? That's what it's all about. It's jump, exciting. Jump. It's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, would you give, give it out of 10? Um, I was going to give it a perfect 10, but I think that there possibly are other, other gems to follow in the later weeks. So bear, bearing in mind what we know as we've seen seen them live and 
listening to it on the album, I'll give it a 9.5. I think it's it's a great opening, and I, I can't see any other track that would be in its place to open the album with. Fair enough. How about you, um, Russ? Me, uh, live song, if I had to say, right, straight off the bat, live saying it's a 10 out of 10. In terms of the context of the other songs, it's probably a, a 9 for me. Okay. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for all the reasons you've just said. I think it's a corker live. I think it's, um, like many of the songs of Karma Code, as I said before, but don't you repeat myself here. Uh, it's it's a song that is, is good on the album and amazing on stage. How about you, Eric? What would you give it if you had to give it a, uh, a number out of 10? Solid 9. Solid 9. Excellent. Solid 9. Yeah. There we go. Good for start for Karma Code. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a good start for Karma Code. Nine out of ten, or nine point five from uh, from Mike for Fragile. So looks like those gems have got a lot to live up to. This brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. I'd like to thank Eric for joining us. Thank you very much, Eric. It's been a blast. Thank you. It's been awesome. Thank, of course, as always, Mike and Russ for, for joining me as well as we've made our way through the first track on Karma Car. We've got many more to come as well as uh, lots of other albums. And I'm not quite sure we're going to be ready for uh, Broken Crown Halo, guys. Uh, I think we might have to uh, do a special or something and give that a little bit of a review when we first hear it and then return back to our normal transmission but I'm sure we'll work that out when we get closer to the time if you want to get in contact with us at the Empty Spiral podcast you can of course do so via the Empty Spiral website which is www.emptyspiral.net you can also listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio as well as listen to us directly on the website itself uh, you can contact us via our Facebook page which is facebook.com com forward slash empty spiral.net as well as our tumblr page which is empty spiralnet.tumblr.com and of course uh, send us a tweet via twitter which is at empty spiralnet uh, we look forward to hearing from you and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it for this week i say apologize there was no no podcast last week but we'll try to keep the momentum going and you'll you'll get to hear some really interesting stuff from andrea as he talks about broken crown halo in the next couple of weeks leading up to the release at the end of march so thank you once again guys for joining us today on the podcast thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch up with you soon take care cheers cheers I assume from what you're saying here that that you get privy to just a few little odds and ends before anybody else does, right? Yes, that's that's okay. So, probably. so I gotta ask, Go but on. I gotta ask, Nate, what's one nineteen mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard! Oh my god! It's the distance between Ealing and Milan. <laughs> uh, I had to ask. I had to do that. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> Oh, that's just so wrong.